Welcome to the Darwinian Demon Podcast. I'm in that 745. Hope I can't come scoop you up round 745. Slide around with my drop top up or down, you down the ride. All right. Today's episode is about it's about sex, which on one hand might seem like it's central to biology. It might be one of the central tenets of living things, but keep in mind that um keep in mind through this whole exercise when we're talking about sex that most organisms don't undergo sex at all. Sex is actually only found in plants, animals, and fungi. So all the bacteria, which make up most of biological diversity, don't even have sex. They've existed for billions of years without sex. As many of us have. Maybe not billions, but you get the point. And so, what is it? What is sex? What, you know, it's not just, you know, we, we think it's, it's a, an action, like it's, you know, people humping. That's not really what it's about. It's, it's really about, it's really about this process that I'll try to, try to illustrate called recombination. It's about making new combinations of individuals. And there are, quite a bit of, of controversy surrounding the evolution of sex. For instance, why do these organisms have sex? Why is it found in certain organisms and not found in others? Because remember, from the history of most of life on Earth, there was not sex. It's not, it's not like sex is a fairly recent thing in evolution, but still, it's you know, there are plenty of organisms that don't do it. So why do it? And that's, that's what I kind of, I want to, I want to give you a feel for, for why, why this controversy exists and, and why do, why would organisms have sex in the first place? So just to give a, a brief illustration of what sex is, I'm going to start at the end of sex and kind of work, work my way back a little bit. So first of all, sex is about it's about the meeting of different gametes. And it's not necessarily, you know, it's, it's not necessarily male-female. There, you know, there's some fungi that don't have, they don't really have male-female sex. They have, you know, they have something else. You have these different mate types. So the whole male-female thing, again, that's, you know, that's, that's more of an animal-plant thing. I'm not sure what proportion of fungi have this uh, sort of these different mate types. Maybe it's all of them. I'm not sure. I'm not sure now that I think about it. But sex is very. Um, it's not all just one thing. There are different ways of going about it. Especially when you start looking at the at the plant kingdom. They're just. It's just wild. Animals kind of have a lot less diversity in their in their sex life than um, than the plants and the fungi, especially than the plants. Less, a lot less than the plants. So it's this meaning of different, different mating types, these, these different gametes. So first of all, just to define some terms, what's a gamete? Well, a sperm cell is a great example of a gamete. Right? We think about the human sperm cell. That's a gamete. And then the human egg cell 
That's another gamete. So those are two types of gametes. Well, you know, when, I, when a male and a female gametes come together, that's fertilization. And you've created a new individual. And so these gametes, the gamete from the father, the sperm, that has some, some of the father's DNA. Basically, it has half of the father's DNA. Some combination of half the father's DNA. And then the egg cell from the mother has some combination of the mother's DNA. Those two gametes come together. You have this new individual that has half its DNA from its mother, half its DNA from its father. That's the basics of, of sex. But, well, that's part of the basics. But then there's this other thing that happens before fertilization in the creation of these gametes. That's highly, highly important. It's, it's, it's probably the most important part of the whole sexual, of, of sex itself. And that's this thing called recombination. Now, in recombination, what happens is you have these, you, you have this, you know, you have like this father's DNA, right? So the, let, let's just look at the sperm cell. You have the father's DNA. The father got some of the DNA from the mom, from his mom, and some of his DNA from his father. Now, in recombination, what you're trying to do is you're basically taking, if you think of the DNA as a deck of cards, you're taking that deck of cards and reshuffling it. And you're taking half of that deck and putting it into that sperm cell. So you reshuffle it, take half of it, and put it into that sperm cell. That's basically what goes on in recombination. So you take this DNA, you take an individual, and he makes a, makes a sperm cell that is that is this new combination. It's genes that that basically were that that didn't coexist, or or new combinations that that were not that were not seen before. Right. So this new recombined genome, which is like half the DNA of that individual, is put into the sperm cell. Now the same thing happens in the egg cell. And so then, when they, when they come together, you got, you know, a new individual. Now, anybody who has siblings that aren't identical twins, you notice that, I'm sure you notice, you notice that your siblings are very different from you. They're completely different individuals. They might look similar in some ways. Some siblings look, look really alike. Some similar si siblings don't look alike at all. And that's because of this process of recombination where you just keep making these new combinations. So, you know, you take these, you know, you, you, I once lived next to these people who had like nine kids and all those kids look different from each other. I mean, they looked a little similar, but they were all different and they were all different individuals, different personalities. And that's because of recombination. So every time, you know, for instance, with that father, with their father, every time he made a sperm cell, he got a totally different combination of his genes packed into each individual sperm cell. So they're all very different. Same thing with the mother's eggs. And that's what, that's basically what sex is. That's, that's, that's basically what it is. You have this recombination making these new gametes. The gametes come together in fertilization and they make a new individual. So why do that? 
why go through all that trouble when you could just do what organisms did for billions of years and still continue to do, which is just copy, make a copy of yourself. Just, just a carbon copy oh, for all the old people out there. No date myself by saying carbon copy, but make a complete copy. So like a clone, why not just do that? Especially if you think you're perfect, right? Like I'm perfect. Why would I, why would I mess? Why would you mess with perfection? Right? Why not make a copy? Well, there are many reasons not to. And that's really what the evolution of sex is about. And that's really what the, the puzzle is, is why not do that? Because there are some reasons, there's reasons not to do it, but there are some compelling reasons to do it. Now, first of all, the major, major disadvantage of sex is that you as, a, as an individual, you, you basically make, you, once you engage in sex, you lose credit, you start to lose credit for your offspring. So evolutionary credit. Think about credit in an evolutionary sense. So your offspring are basically half your genome and half your, you know, your mating partner's genome. Whereas if you were to just clone yourself, it'd be your whole, you know, you get all the credit. So be 100% yours. Now that half, that's really important. It goes into all kinds of things, but that, that, is, that is super duper important. So there's got to be an advantage always for there to be sex, especially sex, this sort of sex where you mate with another individual. Because one thing I haven't really talked about is that many organisms, especially in the, you know, not so much animals, but plants, they can actually just have sex with themselves and make a new individual that's both copies of its, that has different, different combinations of its genome. But the disadvantage to having sex is you get this, you know, you only get half credit, whereas you could get full credit if you clone or if you engage in some kind of sex, sexual um, self-fertilization. So, and there's, you know, organisms go through a lot of trouble to do this, to have sex. So there must be some advantages to sex. That, and they have to overcome this disadvantage. This disadvantage is huge. Right? You gotta, it's gotta be the advantage has to outweigh this 50% disadvantage. And and some people think that that disadvantage or the advantage of sex is that it it limits the effects of mutations. Now, mutations are not good, despite what these um X-Men movies have you might have you thinking mutations are not good. First of all, you, you're not going to get superpowers from a damn mutation. I wish it were true. Because basic, because one thing I haven't told you is, is we all have at least one new, one new mutation. On average, we have one new mutation. So we all have a mutation for the most part. Some of us might have more than one. But we all have a new, new mutation. And so we've got to overcome these effects of, of these mutations. And mutation can have a, a huge effect on, the po on populations, so on just the numbers of individuals. I mean, 
step back and think about what a mutation is. Let's go way, let's, let's get real reductionist, right? What is a, what is a mutation? Well, remember, it's a, it's a mistake in the DNA sequence, right? Let's say you got the DNA sequence. It's supposed to read something like A-A-A-T-C-G-C-A-A-A, something like that, right? But there's a mutation, and one of those A's gets turned into a T. Well, the DNA codes many often, it codes for proteins. And so making that A become a T could potentially change the protein. And if it does change the protein, odds are it's not going to change the protein in some way that's beneficial. Sometimes that does happen. Clearly that does happen. But it's super rare. For the most part, those those changes are going to be bad. It's going to be what's called deleterious, meaning it's bad for it's bad for the individual that has the mutation. And by bad, I mean it's going to end it's going to result in them having low fitness. So they're going to produce fewer offspring than individuals that do not have the mutation, or they're going to die before they reproduce, like individuals that don't have the the mutation. So the mutations are deleterious. And so when I say populations with more mutations, imagine populations with more individuals with these deleterious mutations, more of these deleterious mutations. Those populations are not going to do well. And so when we think about how sex evolved, we, we think about it. Most, most models of how sex evolved, the evolution of sex, I think just about all of them, they have to deal with, they, they deal with mutation and how populations have to overcome the effects of mutation. And so one of the classic mechanisms for why mutation evolved is this thing called Mueller's ratchet. Mueller's ratchet is this, is this idea or this, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically this process that results in, in this po- in a population crashing and an asexual population. That's the key and an asexual population crashing. And the only way to get out of Mueller's ratchet is for there to be sex or for the population to be really large. But in a small population, a small asexual population, Mueller's ratchet is, is something that, that, that um, could potentially, and probably does, probably has happened to, to cause, cause populations to, to crash. All right, so what, what, is, what is Mueller's ratchet? Basically, Mueller's ratchet is this process where deleterious mutations build up in populations. So you have, let's say you have a, a population, right? And populations start out, an asexual population, right? It starts out from a single individual, and this individual reproduces, meaning it asexually reproduces, so it just basically makes a copy, a clone of itself. <clears throat> and this clone then reproduces again and reproduces again. And you get this, you know, the population grows a little bit, and you get these clones. Well, every time the population, every time the individual reproduces, every reproductive event, there's a potential for a new mutation. And it's going to happen. It's bound to happen. So you get more and more of these new mutations. You know, for example, if, if you know, your, your cells, the cells on your body, the cells in your body are reproducing asexually. Well, some of those cells get a mutation, and some of those cells that get a mutation become cancer. So that's what cancer is, basically. It's a mutation. It's, an asex- it's a mutation from an asexual 
organism. I mean, I'm sorry, not asexual organism, asexual cells. And so over time, you get this in that population. You started out with everyone in the population having zero new mutations or the single individual. Then you had individuals with one mutation. Some individuals had zero mutations. And then over time, the number of individuals with, you know, with lots of mutations start to increase. And the individuals with zero mutations start to decrease, and you can't go backwards. So you can't get, you can't go from an individual with ten mutations back to to have an offspring with zero mutations, because they're asexual. Now, the way to get around that, to to regenerate individuals with zero mutations, is through recombina- recombination. Is basically through sex, because sex will generate, you know, will reshuffle the genome and all those those bad mutations will get put into some sperm cells and then the other, you know, for example, if we're talking about a, you know, a sexual organism with a male-female type of thing going on, like animals for the most part. So you end up with individuals with, they might end up, some sperm cells might have all the deleterious mutations, but then there are going to be some sperm cells that just by luck of the draw, just by chance, have zero they have no mutations or they have few, a lot fewer. So you let that happen over time with natural selection going on, especially in a larger population, and you're going to end up with um, individuals that have, you know, you're going to regenerate that zero class. And so the population is going to be able to keep going. And so Mueller's ratchet basically, basically is not going to work. <clears throat> and it's, it's got this great name. So you know, when you have Mueller's ratchet causing this crash in the population, they call it a mutational meltdown, which is a great, um, it's a great name. I always, always like that, the mutational meltdown. So the population basically melts down because of, of mutations. Now, some of this, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to explain Mueller's ratchet, you know, uh, without the visual aids, especially, you know, this sort of dry scientific um, explanation. So, what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to let a, a brother from the 1970s who keeps it 100, I'm going to let him explain it to you. Maybe that'll help. All right, dig this, Jack. We talking about Mueller's ratchet, right? You want to know about Mueller's ratchet? All right, well, here it go. Now, if you want to understand Mueller's ratchet, you got to remember we're talking about an asexual population here. That's the key to this whole thing, asexual. So imagine you got an asexual population, right? Bunch of individuals that don't have no sex bunch of real squares you dig so in this population this part let's say this population just getting started there are no mutations no individuals have any mutations now remember too mutations are bad for you it's what they uh what all these eggheads call deleterious so they are bad for you if you got one of these mutations it's not good it ain't gonna kill you most likely but it's bad for you so Individuals in the population have zero mutations, but every generation, it's possible for, for individuals to get a new mutation. So the next generation, lo and behold, here comes some individuals with, with new mutations. All right, you dig? So now dig this. You got these classes of individuals. Some have zero mutations and some have one mutation. Next generation, some of those with one mutations get another mutation. Now you got a class with two mutations, and you got a class with one mutation. 
and you got individuals with zero mutations. You keep running that forward, you can see what's going to happen. Fewer and fewer individuals have zero mutations. More and more individuals have, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten mutations. Well, what you think going to happen, brother? What you think going to happen in that population? All them motherfuckers with deleterious mutations out there living, not, not, not for long, because as them deleterious mutations build up, what you think going to happen to that, that L7 square population? It's going to start, it's going to start looking bad in there. They're going to start getting weak and weak and weaker, weaker and weaker. Just like America in the, in the 2000s. Y'all weak now. We used to kick it in the 70s. We used to get down. It was groovy. So the population gets weaker and weaker and weaker. Why is that? Because in an asexual population, you can't get rid of those mutations. You can't, you can't go back to the zero class of mutations. You can't go, an individual can't go from having 10 mutations to having children that have zero mutations. It's not possible. Only way to do that is with our friend recombination. So recombination is the key to this whole thing. So that's Mueller's ratchet. It's a ratchet because it just keeps going in one direction. It don't go backwards. So the population just gets more and more deleterious mutations. You dig? All right, brother. I'll catch you on the flip side. Okay, so hopefully that was helpful. I don't know. But... The main point I want to make with this episode is just so you understand that hopefully you understand at this point that sex did evolve and, and we don't really know how it evolved, but it evolved from asexual organisms. And it's found in, you know, it's, it's found in a group of organisms, not the majority of organisms on Earth, but it's found in a fairly large group of organisms, the eukaryotes. It's definitely not ubiquitous, but... um. It's found in a lot of places, and, and it's an ongoing issue. How did, how did sex evolve? How did it come about? And, um, yeah, so until the next episode. <laughs>